बुक माई शो जूक बॉक्स प्रेजेंट्स थिंक अबाउट इट विद दीक्षा एंड आदित्य वेलकम टू द नाइन्थ एपिसोड ऑफ थिंक अबाउट इट टेल मी योर स्टोरी ओ ओके सो वंस अपॉन अ टाइम इन अ लैंड फार फार अवे वेट आदित्य दैट्स जस्ट द नेम ऑफ टूडेज एपिसोड where we will discuss why we love stories so much and sometimes try to find one even where there isn't any why we try to relate things when there is no relation why we try to find patterns in cases where there isn't any and a lot more in today's episode very excited for today's episode we finally get to pivot and become a storytelling show no we are not telling any stories today clear except that of how i made it into my psychology course oh so what's the story behind that so the thing is that since childhood i loved observing human behavior but i was actually going to study statistics i never even thought that i would take psychology but then you know when i went for admission and i saw that it was available as a course too i don't know there was this connection that i felt with it connection okay go on so i started studying psychology and then one day i was going through my old reading list and i was going through the articles and i saw that you know i was reading about the same names same psychologists that i was reading about in the course and it goes on to prove how this was somehow all meant to be how since a long time i have been reading about this subject already which was going to be my destiny you're just making a story out of nothing if you look at it from the facts perspective you wanted to take statistics you realize your marks weren't enough to qualify for it You looked at other courses some were too difficult some didn't interest you so you chose this one Don't try to ruin my story what about me reading so much about the subject even when I didn't intend to take it full time Have you ever thought about it from this perspective You read a lot and psychology was there too probably even if you took rocket science you could have found articles related to it in your reading list and you would still been telling the same connection story Bummer I think you are right Through ages we have loved listening to stories a lot of what we know about our ancestors are essentially stories mythologies for example a lot of superstitions or customs that we have today we don't know the reason behind them but usually parents tell you some mythological story regarding how x led to y which is something bad and now you are not allowed to do x as well that's what stories have been a means of explaining the world when logic or science could not help us And while the stories are great when you know that they are fictional but when you try to find the story behind something that is non-fictional you end up with a false and generally simplified understanding of things that are really not that simple This is called story bias and some call it media bias too because it's really prominent in the media world Just think of let's say how an accident is reported You get to read about who the person was where was he going late at night How his family is dealing with the whole thing and accept it or not that story like version is what you like and that's what media tries to push you more than the facts like probably the lighting on the road wasn't right or maybe the road needs some signs that weren't there even if these things are reported the coverage they get is way lesser than the story that brings it all together we want things to relate hence person xyz's grandfather died then grandmother died wouldn't be remembered as well as xyz's grandfather died and out of grief grandmother died because the latter statement draws a narrative between two incidents which very likely might not have been related diksha i guess this is what i want to do i want to be a journalist with a very strong focus on facts 
in the last episode you wanted to open up a food business also but this time i'm really serious i'm considering going to columbia journalism school it takes the brightest it's tough to get in but it's one of the best while your idea is noble and i would love to see you there what makes you think that this institute is the best mm it has the best students and some solid alumni base as well the way you are explaining it it seems like it's an example of swimmer's body illusion where we confuse selection factors with results right so think of this journalism school or say any top mba school we tend to think that they are best because they often give you the best package they might be best but what you also have to look at is the fact that that they select only the brightest and best and we overlook that selection factor but just the institution based on the results that are delivered that is successful alumni great packages In fact this illusion is called swimmer's body illusion because we tend to think that professional swimmers have a great physique as a result of swimming but in reality they are into professional swimming because they have a great physique first This illusion is heavily used in the advertising world as well That sports person didn't become healthy by drinking that fitness drink she is marketing the product because she is fit in the first place or that girl selling you the fairness cream That cream didn't make her fair. She's there in the ad because she's fair in the first place. If you're talking about attributing outcomes to wrong factors, how can we not talk about fundamental attribution error? Which means that we focus more on dispositions or personality of a person when explaining the social behavior of a person rather than looking at these situational factors. For example, that guy trying to get ahead of you in line, the first thing that comes to your mind is, "What a prick, rude, impatient guy." when in reality it's the first time he did this and he is really in a hurry or for example take the ceo of a company that produces helmets the company was in loss but since the ceo joined the company started turning into a profitable venture courtesy of fundamental attribution error we will give all the credit to the ceo claiming what a great work she has done but in reality you need to look into situational factors as well Maybe the government imposed tighter regulations around helmet use or maybe some other helmet company launched a fantastic effective social campaign for helmet use and the company mentioned before is reaping the benefits from that too a demonstration study done by Johnson Harris in 1967 illustrates this error very well participants were given essays that spoke for or against fidel castro later they were asked to rate how pro castro the writers were based on the assumption they were freely allowed to choose whether they wanted to write for or against castro as expected participants rated the people who wrote for castro as pro castro but surprisingly enough when these participants were told that these people chose sides randomly based on coin toss they still rated the people who wrote for castro out of chance on an average to be pro castro This reflects our failure in correctly estimating the effect of situational factors on an individual's behavior. So the next time you think your friend is a jerk for not picking up your call, think about the situational factors influencing your friend's behavior. It's sad to see how we judge a person based on minor single instance or judge the person as a whole based on a single trait. That is inductive thinking, where we draw universal conclusions from a single observation. And while this type of thinking is useful in many cases, it can be pretty dangerous as well. For example, you meet one German who was rude to you and you draw the conclusion that all Germans are rude. Or a store owner you know is an amazing human being just because he gives you a candy with every transaction you make. This generalization based on single data or observation is harmful more often than not. 
But even when you have multiple observations or multiple data points, you can draw up wrong conclusions, especially when you feel that you have discovered a pattern between them. Look, finding a pattern can be very profitable if the pattern is that of some religious figure on your toes. <laughs> For example, in 1994, Diane Dyser from Florida made a bread toast. After she took a bite and placed the toast on her plate, she saw a pattern that resembled the face of Virgin Mary which she later sold for $28,000 on eBay. If you don't believe us, just Google it. You will also find things like Jesus Burrito, Jesus Toast in what other people search for category. We love to discover patterns. We discussed in episode 3, that is why we like match 3 puzzle games like Candy Crush. The problem arises when we try to identify a pattern or think we have found one when there isn't any. This is called clustering illusion where we think of random streaks or clusters to be non-random that take place in small samples from random distribution. For example, if you toss a coin 10 times and get hits every time, what will you think happened? You will think that you found a pattern and that this coin only shows heads. And say, you were also betting on the same thing. On the 11th term, you bet your whole fortune that it will be head. When in all honesty, the chance for a head coming up is still 50%. Not 100% as you might think. In fact, if you flip a coin 1000 times, the chance for a random streak like this happening is 62%. A winning streak is not a guarantee that you will win the next time as well. Even investors are warned against this illusion. If you feel you have found a pattern in the stock's market, ask others about it. Be skeptic about your pattern. Because what you think is a pattern might not actually be one. And the last part of today's episode, which probably is the most common error out of all the ones we have discussed in this series is, when we claim one thing is causing another. But in reality, those two things are completely independent and exclusive. That is called false causality. For example, you know how we explain to kids how children are delivered by stocks? If people were to look at an interesting piece of data from 1965 to 1987, they will see that the birth rate and the stock pairs were declining identically. Does that mean the stocks actually delivered babies? Absolutely not. We are so quick in claiming that X leads to Y that examples of false causality are all around us. In Middle Ages, people in Europe thought that having lice on your head causes good health since there wasn't any lice on the head of sick people. But in reality, lice are very sensitive to temperature changes and as soon as you get fever, the temperature rises and they start looking for another host. For example, take the economic statement. When a country's debt rises above 90% of GDP, growth slows. Therefore, high debt causes slow growth. In reality, it's actually the other way around. Slow growth causes debt to rise. Think hard and you will find plenty such examples in your life too. For example, eating salad from that salad bar makes you healthy. Well, the reality might be healthy people choose to eat from that salad bar. Maybe that has nothing to do with your health. And while today's most important learning has been that we should not draw wrong conclusions or relations, I'll take the liberty to actually try to draw one. What conclusion? Are our listeners smart because they listen to our show or smart people choose to listen to our show? I think we will never know the answer to that. But we do know that it's time to bring an end to today's episode. In the last episode of the season... Last episode? Already getting the feels. Agreed. In the last episode, we will break down... Yes, we will break down. So sad. Don't be so dramatic. Not literal breakdown. 
we will break down the myth of expertise and how so many people you think of as an expert are just building their careers on top of your biases. Keep listening to Think About It with me, Diksha and Aditya. This show was written and produced by Aditya Gopal Ganguly that you can listen to exclusively on Book My Show Jukebox where all you have to do is just press play.